following is a live sermon from the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. We are a non-denominational congregation that meets in Fairfield, Connecticut. We serve Fairfield all the way through New Haven. For more information about our ministry, check us out online at sctcoc.org. great to be here. We haven't had a Friday night devotional in a while. It's good to see everybody. And, uh, you know, it's like another step to getting back to normal again. And it has been a while. Hopefully we'll be able to do some more of these as we move through the rest of, uh, well, probably not this year, but as we get into the next uh, year for sure. Because um, we've got some great things to talk about tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, some steps moving forward, kind of where we are right now, but also where we uh, hope and we plan on seeing God taking us in the future. Before we get into it, I want to bring out Ralph. Rita, he's got one quick announcement to make for all of us. Good evening. As you know, uh, we're going to have uh, board of directors elections coming up in December. We're going to need, uh, we're up to four new members. Now, if you're interested, uh, on the app, there's a big tile. It shows all the qualifications and responsibilities of the board of directors. And there's going to be two ways to nominate somebody. If you believe that you meet the qualification, you want to serve, um, you could talk to an existing board member. And just to remind you, myself, Manny Young, Rick Velez, Terry Simmons, we also brought back some previous board members to help us through the transition. That's Vicki Seaborn, Nicole Chevalier, and Stan Lamore. Sorry, Stan. I, I didn't mean anything by that. Um, so you could uh, come up to any one of us and submit your name, or if there's somebody you think would be a, a great fit, you could submit their name. We're also going to be able to do it on the app as well. And that same tile, beginning next week sometime, we'll let you know when it's up. You could actually submit, uh, there's a form there to submit your name or somebody else's name. We are going to take nominations for two weeks until the 21st. Then we're going to compile a final list. And on the 28th, on that same app, uh, we're going to have the actual election where you could pick up to four people to, to vote for up to four people to serve on the board. And that is going to be final on, on December 5th is going to be the last day to elect. And then we're going to have new members of the board. Uh, more information will be coming, but thank you very much. Good stuff, good stuff. You'll be hearing a little bit more about what we do with the board in just a few minutes anyway. Um, you know, we have all faced some real challenges of late. And, you know, life isn't easy. And sometimes it's not only just not easy, it's just downright difficult. This past week, we suffered a great loss uh, as a church family, and that's with the death of Fiona John on Sunday night. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming most everybody knows by now. If not, uh, there is a, there's a notice about it. If you go to the announcements on the app, it's there, and uh, it's been talked about quite a, quite a bit. Um, a tragic loss. We've been reaching out to Michael quite a bit. I spent a good part of the day with him yesterday. The Brooklyn ministry is also reaching out and, uh, and helping out a lot uh, with them. I've been in touch with Richard Alloway, who leads the ministry there. You know, we're coordinating efforts to try to best uh, help the Johns right now and their, and their family. But it's, it's very, very heavy. It's a lot right now. Uh, the service will be next Saturday, the 13th. It's going to be in the morning. Uh, there will be a push notice about that with all the directions and information, et cetera. Also, if you go to our SOCON community Facebook page, there's a post right there about it with all the information. So you'll know just as soon as we possibly can, uh, you'll know what's going on with that. And of course, this comes right on the heels of Sarah uh, Murray losing her dad just about two weeks ago. Uh, Tara Franco losing her dad. Um, uh, Al losing, his, Al Caesar losing his mom. You know, the Freys have had losses with their parents. Uh, Rose Pierre Charles also losing her birth mom. And, and really several more. If you were to just go back and look over the last year, it's, there's been an extensive amount of loss. Obviously, you know, Karen Ruggiero with Rick passing uh, at the beginning of the year. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. So there has been a lot of loss in that way. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, then every part rejoices with it. And that's what a family does. We, we go through things together, whether they be good or bad, we, we work through them as a family. And so in light of 
of all the loss that we've been experiencing, uh, we are planning a special candle lighting service. And I can't give you the exact date of that. We're trying to work John, uh, Michael rather, through uh, his loss right now. And then we're going to announce that soon. We're going to do it in a church building. It won't be here at the school. And uh, it'll be a time for us to be able to mourn and grieve together uh, as we light candles in honor of those that we've lost uh, over the last you know, year or so. I don't know, John, I'll, I'll go back and let you know about that later. But as soon as the details are worked out, uh, we will get the word out as to when and where we're going to be doing that. So uh, be listening for that. Let's go to God in prayer right now. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for this time that we can be together as a family. Uh, certainly we want to pray uh, right now for, uh, for Michael as he's mourning the loss of Fiola. And uh, it's hitting him very hard. And as all of the losses that I've explained have hit us all hard, and um, they always will. But Father, I pray that as a family, we can always come together. We can talk and we can pray and we can, we can grieve and we can mourn with each other. And we can encourage and we can help each other. God, thank you for the family that we have. Please give us an encouraging night tonight as we talk about our church, who we are, and uh, more importantly, where we're going. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, turn over to John chapter 1. It's really great to see God beginning to pull our fellowship together. And, uh, you know, Sundays have been so encouraging, just seeing this room beginning to fill up. And I know we spread out a lot, but from this vantage point, I see more and more seats being filled. And that's been really, really great. So uh, we'll continue to do that. It's also been great with the midweeks. More and more people are coming out for the midweeks, and those are very well attended. And it's been really exciting, really fun be able to have these lessons about bridging the gap. And we're looking at some very important topics and how we may have different genera generational perspectives on things, you know, depending on when we grew up, how we grew up. And to get, be able to share those things together has been really good. We have a different lens. It's great to be able to see things through a different lens. And uh, I think we are clearly seeing God moving through our church right now. You know, as I've often said, we're on a journey and that, those journeys are slightly different, although it's the same journey. And I'm really looking forward to see where God is going to take us next. The thing about this journey is that you never really know, the journey that we're on together, this shared journey, we never really know what it's going to be from moment to moment, month to month, year to year. We have plans, we have an agenda, we have a schedule, and then God says, guess what? Here's my plan and my agenda and my schedule. And obviously we go with whatever God wants us to do and things around us are always changing but the reassuring thing for all of us is that God never changes now he does allow change to come our way and many times not all the time but probably most of the time change is good even though we don't like it and even though we might fight it oftentimes it's through that change that we grow and we mature. When things stay the same, you don't grow, you don't mature. And so even the very challenging times are, are growth opportunities for us as a church. When Jesus first began his ministry, he was calling people to follow and change and grow. One such person was a man named Nathaniel. And in John 1, beginning with me in verse 43, we read, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Come see, Philip said. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, well, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, but you'll see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending um, on the Son of Man. So what's happening here? We've got this man, Nathaniel, and he's obviously a little bit critical at first. 
And he doesn't know exactly what it is that Jesus' agenda was or who he was. But Jesus overlooks that critical thought or that critical statement. Maybe Jesus just missed it. But for whatever the reason, he didn't harp on it. He didn't address it. He goes right to him. He lifts him up, and he encourages him. Then he impresses him. And then he convicts him all at the same time. But then Jesus takes it a step further. And as if Nathaniel hadn't seen enough by just the mere fact that Jesus knew a little bit about him, he didn't think anybody knew, he tells him, forget that for a moment, you shall see greater things than this. But it didn't end there. Because it's one thing to see greater things. But it's an entirely different thing, and I would think a better thing, to do greater things. And Nathaniel would get that message. Look over in John chapter 14 now. We pick this up in verse 5. Thomas said of him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, then you know my Father as well. From now on, you do know me, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who's doing its work. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus here is in the company of his original group, and that includes a man by the name of Bartholomew. And most Bible scholars agree that Bartholomew and Nathaniel are, in fact, the same person. Jesus has a way of changing names. He's really good at doing that. If that were so, and I believe it to be so, then this would be Jesus telling him, not only will you see greater things, but as we move along here, you are going to do greater things. And I'm really glad that we are seeing greater things in our church right now. But I believe that Jesus has so much more in store for us. And I think that we can start doing greater things. Really trusting in what Jesus says and do greater things. We are a growing church. And, and as a growing church, our needs grow along with us. We're not the same church that we were just a few years ago. And even, even through the pandemic, the dynamics of our church have changed quite a bit. The way we do church is different now. We've had to adapt without compromise to a changing world, to a changing social landscape. That's not easy, but we're doing it. And for this church to stay, re to stay relevant, not only for this present generation, but for the generation to follow, we're going to have to keep going with that process of adaptation without compromise. And it's through that process that I believe we will do greater things. And part of that process is knowing and understanding that things will never be perfect. This will never, ever, ever be a perfect church. To my knowledge, that only exists in heaven. And we'll be there one day, and then we can all bask in the glory of perfection. But for, for right now, and until that time, we're all a work in progress. And we have to be okay with making mistakes. I'm reading a book right now called Moving to Higher Ground, and it's written by Wynton Marsalis, who's a jazz trumpet player. And the book is kind of subtitled, How Jazz Can Change Your Life. It's the kind of book I would read. It does change your life. But there's a very interesting story in this book of, uh, of a trumpet player that you probably have heard of, Miles Davis. And Miles Davis is one of my favorite musicians of all times. Uh, and so I listen to a lot of Miles Davis. And 
Uh, in this book, Wyndham Marcellus says, you know what, when Miles would go into a recording studio and record his pieces, he wouldn't do multiple takes. There would be mistakes, and he would allow the mistakes to go through. And when you listen to as much Miles Davis as I have, you hear a lot of things that go, but I don't think that was intended or that was right, or, you know, why wasn't that, you know, redone two, three, four, five times? And Miles had this philosophy that, no, jazz is a living, breathing organism, and it's filled with mistakes. It's not a perfect science. And so if there's a mistake there, then you know what? Maybe that was meant to be, and it just goes. It's a living, breathing thing. It has mistakes, just like life has mistakes. We have to be okay with the fact that our church has mistakes. We've made mistakes in the past. My guess is we're making them right now, and we're going to make a lot of them in the future. That's just part of the living, breathing thing that is the church. And things take time. We all have a life to live. And that life is complicated and busy, and there's a lot going on. And wherever we go with whatever changes we make, we need a tremendous amount of grace and patience with each other. And so that brings us to where we are right now as a church. And then we're going to go into a little bit of where I believe we can be as a church and the steps that we need to take to move in that direction. And so tonight is really just one part of a greater a vision plan for greater things. And we'll be working on it and we'll be talking about over the next several months. But let's talk about what we're seeing right now. Who are we? What are we a part of? So the church here is not an island. It's not like we're our only thing and, and what we got here in this room is, is all we've got. But we're part of a much larger fellowship called the International Churches of Christ. And that fellowship spans and reaches around the globe. It's made up of brothers and sisters just like you and me and nothing like you and me. But we all have a common bond of discipleship and lordship of Jesus Christ. I want you to watch about a minute and a half video that might give you a little better picture, especially for those that are watching uh, remotely or for those that will be watching later. A little different picture or a better picture. Here you are, Chris. You can hit that. We are part of the International Churches of Christ. The last year and a half have been trying to say the least, but God has been at work. The International Churches of Christ grew by about 2,400, bringing our worldwide membership to just over 114,000 last year. At the beginning of this year, we had 711 churches worldwide. We are praying that by the end of the year, we will have 758, Lord willing. This includes two new nations to our fellowship, Wales and Uruguay. The Beam Missions Foundation is an organization dedicated to raising up new leaders in our fellowship of churches. They currently fund 12 schools of missions in Africa, Australia, the United States, Latin America, Europe and Eurasia, Asia Pacific, and India. In the last five years, the BMF has had 193 graduates, and 177 of those graduates have served or are currently serving in the ministry worldwide. We thank God for their efforts and their fruit. There is so much good news from around the world. For more news like this, check out the other videos on our YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us on this Good News Minute, and God bless. Amen. Just a little, little thing there. We're going to be showing a lot more of these Kidoga videos as we go through uh, Sunday services in the future. Our fellowship has 34 families of churches, and uh, for those churches, we've got a bunch of service teams made up of super responsible men and women around the globe, and they help to build and maintain our global unity. There's an elder service team. There's a youth and family, women's, singles, teachers, administration. They all work together so that we can fight for and we can keep our unity. Closer to home, we're part of the New England family of churches. And that's a family of 10 churches spread out through all of New England. And we've all benefited greatly from being part of this New England family of churches. If you've gone to a marriage retreat, hosted by New England, singles retreat, campus retreat, uh, all con services, pre-teen camp, teen camp, all of those things are the New England churches working harmoniously together and the leadership working together to make those things happen. It's also great to be a part of, of what we have right here at home. And we all know what our local church family looks like. Look at that. Right here at home, we've got an amazing 
uh, group that God has given us, an amazing family right here. What makes our church healthy and move along are several different groups that work together. The leadership team, which is uh, Florence and I, the Genovas, the Goodmans, the Wilson, the, uh, Wilsons, the Espadas, the Roundtrees. That group is responsible for the spiritual direction of the church, the spiritual organization of the church, you know, planning what we do as a church, you know, the discipling, all of that goes through the leadership team. We've got the, the board of directors, Ralph mentioned that. Terry Simmons, Rick Velez, Manny Young, Ralph Rita. I'm coming off the board. I will serve as an advisor to the board, but I will not be a member of the board moving forward. Uh, we have the election process, as you know. The board deals with risk management, uh, human resources, finances, legal and administrative affairs of the church. We've got a wonderful children's ministry, which is going on right there in the back, uh, and also on Sundays is really humming along. And uh, there's a lot of great people that work with that. We're in a transition right now. The Santillas are coming in. The Blackwells are coming in. Uh, Sam and Abe, I believe the Burns, who have been there since they were children, are finally going to step away. And uh, I think the Lemores as well. Uh, so that's an amazing thing. We've got the squad. The Goodmans lead the squad. And that's a fantastic group that helps us build cultural awareness and celebrate our diversity. We've got Disciples in Motion. Eric and Jan Smith lead that. Uh, to help people work through deeper emotional issues that might be really plaguing them and reconsidering with their relationship with God. Hope Worldwide, the Roundtrees are working with that to be able to serve uh, local needs in our community and abroad. And so we're all pretty familiar with that. There's so much more. There's the AV team, the worship team, the usher team, community group leaders. I mean, we could just go on and on. They're all volunteers. And at the end of the year, we actually will recognize every single person who's in those groups. So we're not leaving anybody out. Then we have our staff. And I want to talk about staff just a little bit. With our staff, we've got some that are full-time and we have some that are part-time. And it's, it's, it's been kind of buzzed around here and there that nobody really knows what the staff does. They know the staff does stuff, the stuff gets done, but like how does it all work? So I just want to give you a little brief overview of, of what your, who your staff is and what they're responsible for. With the part-time staff, Diane Devlin, is our uh, administrator. She works part-time, and she replaced Vicki when Vicki retired. And she basically is the face of the church office. Uh, Cheryl Heinzman is an administrative assistant, and she works with Diane on the administrative uh, affairs of the church. Uh, that's the part-time staff. Then we've got full-time staff. So let me get into that. Being that we are both a growing church and a very active church, our staff does a lot. In a small church, you have to wear many hats to get everything working. And I appreciate so much the help that the staff gives Florence and I and the help that they give to the church. With each ministry staff person, they have a primary responsibility and the, there, there are some secondary responsibilities as well. And Florence and I train the staff holistically. We don't just say, here's the one thing, we're going to pigeonhole you into that one thing, and you're never going to learn anything else except that. We train holistically. How, what does it mean to be in the ministry in general? We don't know where God is going to take you. You know, what you're doing right now might be what you're doing right now, but then there might be another position, another opportunity within the church or wherever uh, that might be a great fit for you and the kingdom. And so we try to, to work on so many levels with the staff. And I'll start with the youngest, Joel and Lolly Espada. Their primary responsibility is campus ministry. That's where they spend the bulk of their time. They're on campus a lot. They've got loads of campus studies going on. They're not here right now because they're at a New England campus retreat with probably most all of our campus students. They also help plan that retreat, so they're involved at that level. Their secondary responsibility is working with the singles. And they tend to do that a bit more when campus is out of session. Over the summer, maybe over some of the longer breaks, then you'll oftentimes see them transition into working with a lot of the singles, and, and that's a great opportunity for them. Lolly is now heading up the church app. And so any questions you have about the app, Lolly is now doing that. And both Joel and Lolly work pretty extensively with our social media, and they've got huge responsibilities there. Let me move on to Pat and Lamisa Genova. Their primary responsibility is youth and family ministry. And they do a lot with the youth and family ministry. They work with all of our teens. They work with all of our preteens. Uh, they also work with the families. They've got devotions for the moms and dads. They meet with families. They do quite a bit uh, on that level. It's a big job. And to help them, they've built a great team. And you're going to hear more about that in just a moment. 
but they've built a really great team around them because obviously they can't meet with everybody every time, but they've got some really wonderful people working with them, really helping all of these kids to be in a great shape. The Genovas are also a very trusted and loved uh, right-hand couple to Florence and I, and we desperately need to have that right-hand help, and we appreciate and we need them so much to get the movement church forward. Um, they work with the Next Gen group, which is the 18 to 35-year-olds. Uh, they work with the digital ministry. You're going to hear about that in just a moment. Uh, they also share the load when it comes to planning things for the church, moving forward on a week-to-week -week basis. We meet and we just discuss what we're doing, where the church is going. Um, Pat, as you know, preaches a lot because I want him to have that experience, and he does an amazing job as a preacher. You're going to hear him tomorrow, actually. Joel, a little less. He's, you know, coming up, but, you know, we'll get Joel a bit more into the rotation as he gets more comfortable with it. Um, they also... Um, they also help with much of the planning for New England youth and family ministry, whether it be preteen camp or teen camp or retreats. Uh, typically, they're in the loop on that. It's a small loop, but they're in the loop on that as trusted advisors to that group, uh, which is really important. Uh, Pat also serves as the New England Family of Churches Communications Coordinator. He does the New England app, and he keeps all the ministers in New England kind of up to date on different things that are going on, resources, and that kind of thing. So it's super helpful to all of us, and we, we love and appreciate them so much. Uh, Florence and I are the senior ministry couple in the church. We've been uh, in this ministry now for 22 years doing that, and we're basically responsible for everything that goes on, directly or indirectly. And so it's a much larger oversight uh, position, including ministry direction, ministry integrity. Are we who we say we are? You know, are we holding to the standard that we're supposed to be? You know, how are we in our fellowship, that sort of thing. The overall health of the church, the well-being of the church. We disciple the leadership team members and others. Uh, we train the staff. Uh, I work with the board of directors, directors as an advisor uh, from this point on. Uh, the primary responsibility that Florence and I have is to, to hold to the word, preach the word, and keep us spiritually focused on our mission and on our purpose in Christ. And to cast a vision, everybody needs to have a vision. Where are we going? Where, where is God leading us? Uh, and also to help steer through any crisis that might come our way, whether it be individual or as a church. And Lord knows we've had plenty of crises in the last 22 years. So, And to help the church to grow and mature. And so although our primary responsibility is here in Southern Connecticut, we have responsibilities outside of Southern Connecticut that many of you may not even know, but I want you to be aware of them. So in the, in the ICOC leadership, uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of different levels of that, but one of those levels is a delegate. And there are four delegates for New England. There are two in Boston, and then there are two outside of Boston. And I am one of the, the two outside of Boston. Uh, Lisa Sharman is the other, and she's up in uh, Springfield. But we are advisors uh, to the ICOC leadership. We represent New England churches in terms of decisions or direction or, or thoughts or ideas. And um, that is, uh, it's, it's not a, a heavy workload, but when it, it's needed, then it can get a little heavy. Uh, Florence has also worked with the ICOC women's uh, service team in planning events and things like that. Uh, I'm also part of the New England School of Mission Board of Directors and uh, occasional teacher. And that's a very high-level training platform that we send our young ministers to. The Lamberts went through it. The Genovas have been through it. Jo Joel and Lolly's father are going through it right now. And, um, and that gives them an opportunity to really dig in with some super qualified teachers to, to learn more about ministry uh, on, in, a, in a wider setting, broader setting. Uh, the New England family of churches, the 10 churches, are divided up into three, three areas. There's Boston, there's Western New England, and there's Northern New England. And Florence and I lead that Western New England group of five churches. And not we don't physically lead the church, but we have a discipling group and we, uh, we organize staff events for those, for those groups. So that's essentially what we do as a staff. It's a lot. So you might wonder, wow, you know, are these guys busy? Yes, we're, we're busy. We all have a lot going on. Uh, and I hope you appreciate and love your staff. I know I certainly appreciate and love our staff. And, uh, and as I do all of the volunteers that we have to help our church to grow and to be, to be healthy. And so that's where we are. I'm really excited, though, about where we're going and, and what it's going to take. It's going to take a lot of work. And it's going to take a huge investment for us to get to the place where I think God 
is leading it to. Everybody needs to step up and step into building the next phase of our church. And we need to be in this all together. And so we're going to share just a few plans that we have moving forward. And at this point, I want to turn it over to Pat Genova, who's going to share some exciting things as we go through this year and on into next year. Pat? All right. Good evening. How you guys doing? Doing all right? All right. I'm going to talk about digital ministry. Oh, I almost forgot. Jeremy forgot his mask up here, so I'm just going to put him on blast. Where is it? Jeff got it. There you go. All right. Now you can get back to uh, Mackenzie. So I know he was anxious to do that. So that's nice. So, all right. We'll get it together. We'll get it together. I'm excited to talk about digital ministry. Uh, I loved. I love digital ministry. Obviously, as you guys know, I'm talking about that tonight. And I don't know if you guys heard about the metaverse, but that's crazy to think about. Has anybody heard about the metaverse yet? Raise your hand if you've heard about it. I know the teens have heard about it. I had to decline. Jason did a fantasy football trade. I had to reject that. So sorry, bro. But the metaverse is coming. That's actually not what I'm talking about. But it's cool to speculate, right? What does, what's that's going to look like for Christianity? Like how you can use it to like reach out to people. That's kind of the nature of the internet and social media in general. Bonyan definitely knows what I'm talking about. So amen. Uh, digital ministry. This is a, a kind of a guiding scripture uh, for us. Boom. Live. Always has some kinks to work out. Is it good, Cove? All right, there we go. It says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So we have a huge stand, right, known as the Internet. The Internet is a really big stand, a really big hill. I mean, when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, he went up on a mountain. Why? There's also, there's a simple practical reason, probably because you can amplify your voice, right, from a hill. So the internet also represents an opportunity to do that. It's this huge lamp. So just to explain a little bit about the overall thinking. So, you know, it starts with that, it's going to be engagement, real connection. Like everything's going to kind of come back around. I probably should have put that at the top, but, you know, it is what it is. Social media app, engagement, and real connection. So our app kind of represents a safe place for us. It's going to be where we communicate, where we talk. It's the same thing with the ICOC and the app. These are, these are places primarily for disciples, although anybody um, can benefit from a lot of the resources. So social media, it's not exactly what you would call a safe place, right? It's not, you don't think about social media like, yeah, this is like the safest place on earth. And then, because if you do that, you're going to get your feelings hurt eventually, right? If anybody's seen you know, ours, you know, every now and then you'll get the trolls and the comments, everything. You got to figure out how to respond, like truth and grace, like all that stuff. Um, so it's not exactly safe, but you can also reach out to a lot of people on it, right? But the app represents more of like a refuge. So kind of like what our church is, that's kind of the digital version of what the app represents. But it's not meant to stay, right, in this digital world the entire time right? It's always meant to drive real connection, and it's out of that real connection that we even have stuff to post. Because without this, without the family, it's like, what are we really even talking about? You know, what is there to even share or post, or what's even encouraging, right? So you guys make our social media presence awesome. Just want y'all to know that. Like, this family, um, it, you guys are special, more special than you know. A lot of people want to know more about us. So I, you know, because I take people's pictures and I post stuff up there and they say, wow, this place seems pretty, pretty cool. They seem spiritual. They seem diverse. They seem like they have a fun time, you know, and it, and it drives interest. So you guys being who you are actually uh, helps us with our social media. So thank you. All right. I'm about to get, uh, you know, you guys, your team's going to be like, oh, Pat, I'm not in history class, whatever. Printing press. 1450. Really quick. Okay, why am I even bringing up the printing press, right? The first book printed was the Bible. So previously, it took a scribe three years to write out the Bible. That's crazy, right? So there wasn't like this crazy distribution of the Bible going on with the printing press, right? It became more accessible. So obviously, through the printing press, the Word of God became more accessible to a lot more people. When, if you guys know about Martin Luther and 95 Thesis, 300,000 copies of that were spread 
um, you know, throughout Germany and Europe. And in one month, all of Germany had heard about the 95 Thesis because of the printing press. Now, why do I bring that up? It's because it was a vehicle, it was an innovative technology that helped to spread the gospel, right? So could it have been controversial? I'm sure it was. Like, I'm sure they had to be like, oh, man, should we really print the Bible and spread it? Like, maybe that wasn't that much of a question, right? But yet, sometimes we can look at new other different types of innovation as, no, we can't really do that. But I see the church throughout history being some of the leaders in innovation. I mean, they, the first book printed with the printing press was the Bible. Like, that's, that says a lot about where the church is in terms of innovation, right? So this is our team, our amazing team. Teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, got to shout out Vanya, social media manager, guru. She is awesome. We got Adriana. She's helping out with the ICOC and the app. Max Owen, I got the angriest looking picture I could find of him. That, that was when we were camping and he had like just woke up, did not want me near him probably. Uh, Spada's help out with our SETCOC app and then we help to lead the squad. So I wanted to talk just a little bit. As Jeff mentioned, I'm the regional communication director for New England and uh, we created a uh, ICOC New England app. This just has a lot of awesome resources, and um, that's a QR code for it, but I'll post it on our Facebook as well. It has so many incredible resources. It has things about mental health. Um, it has topics about, uh, like, truth and trauma and grief. Uh, it has apologetic information. Um, there's there's a, a group of women that are, are really are trained in health and wellness, and, and they're, they're leading, like, free classes and giving out Christian meditations. And all this stuff you can find uh, on this app. And so I really recommend it. You can actually even, like, post an anonymous question about whatever topic you want. So if you're feeling pain or you're in grief, like, you can ask a grief counselor on this app, a Christian grief counselor, like, to answer a question. You know, it's not, it's not the same. You shouldn't look, don't view it as professional advice. But if there's something that you just want to ask, obviously, you know, we have people within our fellowship that have that training. So... Um, I really want to encourage you guys to go ahead and check that out. Okay, I want to show you guys a video <laughs> really quick. So got to, you know, lighten it up for tonight, all right? So I want to show you a video. This is uh, some of the examples, I guess you would say, of social media. So this is Adriana. She did a reel for us recently. So a simple reel, short reel. Yeah, Adriana, she's awesome. And, and just to kind of like... Yeah, bring excitement, right, connecting the app uh, as in using it also to reach people and to help people because there's been a lot of pain. There's been a lot of things going on in the last couple of years. So being able to offer that resource is, is really special. Um, just, oh, yeah, the printing press is back. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about that anymore. There's a lot going on in there, right, just for, like, think about the printer we have now. That's crazy. All right, so... So right now, the ICOC New England app, it's been a year in. Basically, there's 2,618 downloads for the app. Getting app downloads is really hard, so this is really good. Uh, this is awesome, and uh, the goal is to get all of New England on it, which represents about 3,700 people. So we're working to get there, excited about it, and getting a lot of really awesome feedback. So please check it out. Let me know what you guys think as well. Um, a little bit about, you guys probably know, Obviously, you've checked our app out, I'm assuming, by now, hopefully. If you haven't, then okay. I got to get reconnected. Jeff Williams will make sure you get reconnected. There we go. All right, boom. There it is. So we also have our app. That's QR code if you want to download our app. This is like our internal communication. Different things pop up. You know, probably got a reminder about devotional, prayer requests, different things. And um, this kind of represents a lot of what we're working towards and working on in our family. So, um, yeah, check that resource out as well, and you'll just be able to stay in the loop. A little bit about social media. So this was in September, 898,000 uh, accounts were reached. I actually just checked in the last 30 days, we reached 1 million accounts. So that was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really awesome. It's been, it's been a long time. Uh, you know, two years, so of getting to this point. So I think that it's, if I told you that you could go share your faith with a million people in a month, what would you, what would you think about that? You'd be like, oh, it sounds like I can't do that. But we can do it here, right, on social media. This is a vehicle for which we can share our faith. 
you know, I'm, Jeff and I talk about this. I know, like, back in the day, people would go and hand out cards, and, and, and if you're, like, blitzing a particular area, you're trying to help a lot of people at a given time. And this is the, the modern version of that, so to speak. So, but we can do it at an exponential rate as well. So I'm uh, just really encouraged by that. And once again, thank you guys just for being awesome part of that. Like when I come in your face and I take a, <laughs> come in, you know, take a picture of you or, or like Adriana comes up to you and wants to take a picture. So thanks for being willing uh, participants with that. I had another video I wanted to show you guys of another example. Everybody say Jesus keep it going. Misha's so embarrassed. And this is the, the other one. All right, there we go. And that's you guys. That's us. We're coming back to church. That's what that was. Um, I, yeah, so let me, let me just uh, go through this and get through this thing here. That'll get me back connected. But we are on Google now as well. And uh, that's been awesome. People are able to find us on Google. Uh, we're performing like 1,000% better than organizations like us, which is awesome. And um, I want to just show you a real-life example of, uh, I asked him if I could show this. This is Guillermo. This is when Guillermo filled out one of our Connect forms, right? Probably shouldn't put all of his information up there, but okay. I'm just going to go to the next slide. All right. So we're going to play this video now. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Guillermo. I love you. Last video, you know, I gotta keep you guys. He's done miracles on me. 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 So that was Guillermo's baptism. And uh, just goes to show you that, you know. People can reach out to us in this virtual space, but also connect with us in a, in a physical way. And so it's just a really awesome uh, tool that we have. And uh, lastly here, and I'll show you guys just a few quick uh, screenshots, because it's not just here in southern Connecticut. This is, you know, people are following us from all over the place. So currently we have 26,000 followers. And these are just some of the examples. Uh, and they live in different states. So, I mean, if you know them... Um, maybe I could have redacted that. But listen, bottom line is they're looking for churches. They're looking for God. There's nothing really personal, too personal on here. When the girl in the middle, she's from the United Kingdom. The guy on the right, I think he was from uh, some part of Texas. And on the left, I believe, uh, was New Jersey, Central Jersey. So we're able to connect all of them with different with churches uh, that they were interested in, the ones that they were looking for. So that was it's just been really, really awesome. And that's just a few, like, there's people that are asked ask for prayer. They say they're having a hard time. We're able to pray for them. We're able to encourage them. Uh, there's been like Jamaica, Nigeria, India, New Zealand. Uh, so many incredible things happening through uh, digital ministry. So just really excited about that. I'm just really grateful uh, to be a part of the team and just to be a part of a church that also believes in that. You know, it's that's not a in a in church can be typically also these days a more traditional setting. So just to be able to believe that hey we're willing to do whatever it takes. Like we want to be the farmer that just scatters seed everywhere. I really uh, appreciate that about this church uh, in particular. So that's digital ministries. And uh, I just want to thank the team again for everything that they've done to be a part of this journey. Yeah. Thank you guys. Okay. On to the net. We're talking about one more thing and I'm, and I've talked a lot about this. This is, this is kind of the new direction, the, uh, a, a new paradigm, let's call it. <laughs> like I hate using these the big words like that. But listen, it's holistic discipleship, right? And everyone living out their calling. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of different paradigms. There's a lot of different models of like how to go about church, how you structure a church, how to organize a church. And, you know, our paradigm, as Jeff mentioned, for the last, you know, 40 years, it served us really well. I mean, you see all the churches that are out there. You see how they've been growing. 
and it's awesome, but it took a lot of sacrifice, right? Like, you guys have, have, have been disciples for over, you know, 15 years. I mean, you guys know, like, it's, it's taken so much sacrifice to get our family of churches in basically one generation to a place where they're all over the world. You know, that, that took a lot of, of, it was a labor of love and sacrifice for sure. And so, and that, that served us well. And, and I think the question is, okay, we've grown. So where do we go from here? Does, the, does that same exact way of looking at church, is that still uh, meeting our needs? Is that still serving us well? And I think the answer is some of it yes and some of it no, probably. And so we want to talk more about um, this gift-based kind of model, which is really a, more about being, having a holistic type of church because you got to look at the lifespan of a disciple, right? It's not just about, okay, we want to, yes, obviously we want more people to come to Christ. Um, that's the Great Commission, right? But then once somebody is a Christian, they have an entire life with like different milestones and different major life events that they hit. And if we only know how to <laughs> like study the Bible or help people, or reach out to people, like if that's our main thing that we know how to do, then we're going to be ill-equipped to help people on their journey throughout their discipleship, right? And that can cause some, that can be hard for a lot of people, you know. I have no idea, I know, I, thankfully we have these organic r- relationships, but I have no idea how to be a dad. You know, I had my son two and a half years ago, like I, what do I, I know nothing, and I'm, and I'm reminded of that often, <laughs> you know. And I think just being able to have like a lot of help at different life stages organically has been great. But I think we can even do a little bit more with that. So some of the some of the benefits of the gift gift based model is it's going to be greater engagement, greater ownership of neglected roles. So, you know, because like when you're a startup company, like when our church is starting up, let's say like 40 years ago, whatever it was, obviously everybody's going to have to like work hard to get it going. Right. But what happens when it's actually going then? Like you still keep the same that same exact way of doing it with that startup, you know, idea. So 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 that. Because everybody kind of needed to be, like, companies that start up have to be evangelists, essentially, right, from a secular standpoint. And so, because you got to grow. Because what's there to, what church exists without growth, right? Like, you got to grow. That's what everybody needs to be committed to, is growing. But what happens once you've reached that, you know, or some type of critical mass? And I think that this, this gift model allows for less neglected roles. So there will be more gifts that get, a, get an opportunity to really shine through this model, greater empowerment, less overworked individuals, amen, uh, improved efficiency as well. So as our church grows, if you kind of, if you kind of looking at how, you know, we've done things, I think that you leave a lot of, it's going to, it creates bottlenecks in different spaces. And you guys have probably experienced this where you can feel like, wow, a lot of things tend to go to me for this topic or this topic. And, and it can kind of be a little bit burdensome, but if, it, if the load is spread out, Right. If everybody's empowered to use their God given gifts in conjunction with their passions, then we're going to have a situation where you're excited to use your gift. Right. I don't know if you feel it, but when you feel like you're using your gifts to serve God, I actually don't. I'm less burnt out by that. It's when I'm doing things that I feel like, man, I actually have to like constantly learn this. It doesn't come as natural. That's where I tend to feel a lot more uh, burnt out. Um, so a little bit about a church with the following. So we want, uh, it's God that breathes life, life and sustains the body. Uh, there is a hierarchy uh, that would be described more like a network than it would a pyramid. Uh, there are governing keystone roles and other crucial roles. All roles are intra and interdependent. The health of, uh, the, health of the body is determined by its capacity to respond to disruption. I think in the last two years, it's been really hard for a lot of places, organizations, and churches to respond to all this disruption because it's, unprecedented was the, the word of the last two years, right? But I think, relatively speaking, we did well, and I also think we learned a lot through the last two years, right? I think we could all agree on that. And this is why, Ephesians chapter 4, 13 through 14, it says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So we really know our Bibles well here. We really know what it means to have a saving relationship with Jesus. And we can, we're really good at also articulating that. And I think building on that, that foundation, we're, we're trying to go to the next level as a church, which is being able to come to a place of maturity where we're not just tossed back and forth, right? Where we, 
where everybody's gifts are engaged, therefore, there's a security that we're all going to feel when everybody's really using their gifts because it's going to be edifying. We're going to be built up. We're going to know who to go to in, in various situations, um, ideally. And so some of the goals, and I'll put some of this on the app, but I'll just go through these. Members fulfill God-given functions for the whole. The body has inter and intra-dependencies. All members are sober-minded. All members show respect and are respected. Seeing oneself in relation to each other. Uh, elders, evangelists, teachers help to equip the body for its well-functioning. Established and informal processes to effectively communicate throughout the church. A shared memory of what hurts, helps, and is dangerous. So we're going we're gonna to get there. And even on the app, I'm, I put uh, different communication channels, which we'll talk about uh, at another time. But if you go on our app, you know, we're going to be talking about these five pillars. And so if you haven't taken the survey, okay, it's so I'm going to give you two options. There's a 140 survey thing, which is really so you can know your gifts. I took a, I, it's everything from a book called God-Given Gifts. It's been around for like 30 years. It's like the standard of, of how to identify your gifts, like what they are out of Romans 12, right? And if, you, if you're interested to learn what your gifts are, this is where the survey is. The survey is also on the app. But I'll give you another option. Because we're also, we also like have 17 kind of different groups that we're building based on the needs. And we want to know from you guys, like, what are you passionate about of those 17 things? And if you could just let us know your top five. So I'll give you access, I'll show you the QR code for that survey as well if you're not as interested in the whole gift-based part, right? So, so this is kind of what it ends up, these are the, these are the gift, these are the, um, I'm sorry, the overall pillars, right? So strengthening, stewardship, collective worship, community impact, and relationships. I put a question mark for the other one because it's going to change probably. Like if we're adapting to our setting, then we're probably going to say, oh, here's another. There's something that we really need to create. A, this needs to be a pillar for us. So these are the big, big picture blocks for the church, okay? And then and within that, you see all those groups. And so if you guys did the survey already, you, you're familiar with some of those. So this is, these are the five groups, and within it are going to be these task force, so to speak, right, or really gift-based groups. And so we already have a lot of these that are going great, like we have digital ministry, we have the squad, we have youth and family, we have uh, the DIM at the top is disciples in motion, you know, but I think as you look at this and you think about the life cycle of a disciple, like when I came into the church, I needed help. I needed help with my mental health. I needed help with my, like, chemical recovery, you know, and so my first couple years was just that in the church. And so being able to have that, imagine if, like, it was just like, all right, now go do your thing. You're going to be a great Christian, you know, and I didn't actually get help, like, for my mental health or, or dealing with the addictions that I had dealt with in the world, right? So, so having that, and then, and then, like, through life stages, like dating, wow, can Satan work heavily in dating? Absolutely. Can say, and, then, and then moving into marriage, right, having help along that journey for marriage, parenting, all of those things, right? So this is, this is what it means to be holistic. Holistic is being able to help throughout the life cycle of a disciple, but also all of us contributing in some way to that. You know, everybody having a piece in this, right? And some people might have more than one. You guys know about the gifts? This is kind of what it is, right? Those are the gifts in Romans 12. That we've talked extensively about those gifts. If you want to learn more, if you fill out the survey, you'll get a little sheet back. Um, but it's just a, it's a, it's really going to make us a more well-rounded. I think, you know, in the past, that administrator part, uh, which also is kind of, it represents leadership, uh, that was kind of, that could be viewed as like at the center, right? It's like everything kind of flows, right, if you have that gift. So that's like community group leaders, church leaders, et cetera. What, what we need to do is have a way of where all of these things are interdependent and interdependent, where there's a, there's a healthier balance across the entire church and across the entire fellowship. Amen? Um, so everyone has a gift, and all gifts are not the same. And I think it's important for you to know that, like, it, whatever your gift is, like, that's okay. That's given to you by God. Like, you don't need to... Worry, like compare yourself or feel like I'm not measuring up, et cetera. I'm not doing what they're doing. Like find out what your gift is. Ask yourself, you know, God, what are you putting on my heart? What am I passionate about? And then devote yourself to that, right? Like figure those things out and then offer it to God and the church because God has given every single person in here gifts for the greater good of our fellowship, 
right? And I think it's, it's a shame to me when people feel like they're, they're not able to or, they don't, or they don't think it's a value for whatever reason that Satan tells you it's not, right? Because your gifts are valuable here and we absolutely want you to feel like you're living out your purpose and your calling. Uh, for sure. So this is the other one. If you just want to, if you just want to let us know out of those 17 what your top five are, then you can do that there. We're hoping to have this going by January. Um, so that's going to be the goal. And uh, really appreciate you guys listening. I hope that that was helpful. And um, I pray that we can really just be- believe in this, you know, to really go after it, to really believe that we can be, this is, this is something that God and the Holy Spirit has really led, and it's been so many encouraging conversations with the leadership team, with people in the fellowship. So I'm really excited to see what God is going to do with it. Thank you, guys. All right, so as we close out here, there's a lot of work that's going into this, and a lot of effort and a lot of prayer to try to help our church to be stronger and really really great place. So please be praying along with us. A couple of other things really quick before we close out. And I'll ask uh, Fred and John if you guys could make your way up here, John, Ashley, and Fred. We're going to finish up in prayer. A couple of other things that we're working on as we move through the rest of this year into next year. Uh, we are going to be reworking the community groups because most of them are huge. Not every single one's going to change, but there are some that are like 25, 30 people. And uh, that doesn't fit in anybody's living room that I know of. So we're going to be doing some work to try to make those and get those to be down around like 12 people. And uh, with all the service teams that Pat talked about, it's going to make the responsibility of being a community group leader much easier. And uh, therefore, I think many more people might feel comfortable leading a community group, knowing that the responsibility level, uh, the workload is going to be less. So if that is something you're interested in, please let me know. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And those groups are going to be a great asset to the community group leading. So we'll let you know. That's also going to be probably not until the first of the year, January sometime. So we'll let you know more about that. We're continuing to work on building a strong multicultural fellowship and so we'll be working much more with the squad to try to figure out what can we do to, to really celebrate uh, the, the, the many different facets of our fellowship here. Uh, we're continuing to build a bridge between the generations both in leadership as you see between Pat and I and Joelle and in membership so that it really uh, it helps our, our church best reflect the different worlds that we live in so that we feel like hey this is a place for me no matter where I am in life what stage I am in, in life. And uh, one last thing, we're going to be building and working up a grief journey group. Uh, Obviously, that's becoming much more of a need and probably will be moving forward. Uh, So so that when these life crises come along, you've got a place that you can turn right away. So we'll let you know more about that. I'm quite sure God will reveal a lot more that we need to work on. But I hope this gives us at least somewhat of a vision of who we are, where we're going. Uh, It's going to be work. But I want you to consider this a labor of love. We love God. We love each other. We love the fellowship. And that love all working together is going to bring us to the place that I believe God can take us. We're going to close with a prayer, one more, one more song, and then we'll ask the Lord to help us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being our God. We thank you, Lord, that we can come together as a family tonight just to, uh, to hear your plans, God, of where you want to take us and, um, and, and just be, begin to get a vision and take hold of uh, what's ahead. We thank you so much, Father, for um, uh, just being our God. Uh, we ask you to keep your arms around us, God, as we go through Um, our different um, sufferings, Father, Uh, so many um, different uh, deaths and uh, challenging situations here in the church in the past couple of years. Lord, keep us together. Help us to put our arms around each other. Help us, God, to to really look for ways to uh, build each other up. And Lord, as we uh, go down this road, Father, with the the new groups and uh, the whole... uh, vision uh, as the church turns the corner father be with us lead us god help us to uh, rely on you as we uh, take on this new adventure god we ask father that this would be a time lord that you would stretch all of our faith that you would help us all god to grow through this time 
Uh, Lord, we're a small church, God, but we have big hearts, and, and, and you are really calling us to, uh, to greater heights. So we thank you so much for uh, each brother and sister that is here. Be with those that are sick. Be with um, Michael John and uh, his family right now and Fiola's family as well. We thank you so much for the leadership here in the church, God, for the full-time staff. And, Lord, we also thank you for each brother and sister that uh, sacrifices uh, as a disciple each and every day, God, to carry out your will. Lord, the world is always against us. It's always we have to be in the world and fight in the world, God. Help us to uh, put the shield up, God. Help us to walk with faith, walk with confidence, led by your Holy Spirit. Father, we love you so much. We thank you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Father God, thank you so much for this evening, God, and the fact that we can come together, God, as a church uh, to hear about the plans of our church, God. We, um, we pray especially for the leaders of our church, God, to uh, guide us through these uh, difficult times in this last year and a half when uh, when we're to overcome, but we know we're going to have many more challenges. Uh, but God, we also know that you're with us, God, in all of this, Father. We pray that uh, you will wrap your arms around us uh, and uh, be with all those that are serving in this church. Uh, be with all those that are considering this church, God, as a, as a home, Father. We know there are many people that are finding us through, uh, through the Internet, God. We pray that they will, they will want to know more. They will come out. That we'll be able to uh, share our faith and uh, bring many people along with us to heaven, God. Uh, we're so grateful, God, that we have a home here, God, that we can invite our neighbors to, God, to come uh, and, and be able to make a difference in this community we live in, uh, this beautiful town in Hardin County. We pray that, uh, God, everything we do will honor you. God, help us to be strong through these challenging times. We love you. We pray for you. Amen. All right, we're going to have one more song, so if you could all stand. This song is mostly call and response, but the chorus is not, so you can stay with me a little bit. Uh, this is Home in Heaven. Okay, repeat after me. This is how the chorus goes. In heaven, in heaven, I've got a home in heaven, in heaven, in heaven, I've got a home in heaven. First verse. I've got a home, I've got a home, I've got a crown, I've got a crown, I've got a love. I've got a home, I've got a home, I've got a prize, I've got a prize, he'll wipe away, he'll wipe away, the tears from my eyes, the tears from my eyes, in heaven, in heaven, I've got a home in heaven, in heaven, in I've got a home, I've got a home, forever to stay, forever to stay, I've been forgiven, I've been forgiven, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, I've got a home, I've got a home, and I've got his grace, I've got his grace, I'll see my Lord. I've got a home, I've got a home. 
get to share. I get to share. I've got a promise. I've got a promise. And I'll see you there. I'll see you there in heaven. In heaven. I've got a home in heaven. In heaven. In heaven. I've got a This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.